Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Muslim Moms Podcast with Nabiha and Warda. We're two sisters with almost 10 kids between us, sharing our experiences about motherhood, relationships, and striving to build happy Muslim families. Let's get cracking. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Muslim Moms Podcast. Today's question is Is your marriage better? before or after kids? Guarda, I'm going to ask you right off the bat. What do you think? Well, the optimist in my blood has to say yes, because, you know, literally my blood type is B positive. So (laughs) I want to say yes, uh, marriage is better after kids. Um, But if I'm being completely honest about like realistically right now being a mom of three kids four and under (laughs) I would say in the moment that I'm in in the the phase I'm in right now I'd say definitely not it is extremely hard to maintain marriage a peaceful happy wonderful marital relationship while still managing all of the things Um, so like the cynical part of me wants to say no um, but I know that like this phase is kind of like a moment. So I'm optimistic to believe that it is a moment and it's not going to last forever. But you're someone who has older kids. So I'm interested to see what you think. Well, that's interesting that you say that. So if I'm understanding you correctly, the honest answer to the question, and the question is, let's say it again, is marriage better before or after kids? And you're saying before. Uh, No, I'm saying that the general, like I... Yes or no, before or after. I'm a I'm a big a big picture person, so I would definitely say after because okay. I believe overall marriage is going to be better after kids and as a as a big picture. But I'm saying in my moment where I'm in right now, I want to say it's better before because it's so hard in this phase of having such young kids, so many young kids. That so based you on your moment, re- it's before. Um, yeah, but <laughs> trying you know, to push like, you let's down, discuss it a little pin bit. you down to I mean, something. I mean, obviously it's going to no, be no, a lot it's, of variables. If it's my overall answer, it's no, after. I got it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's after. But you're saying based on the but, moment and the time uh, you I are don't with wanna, I don't want to discount the reality of that it's not easy right now. And if I wanted to think about what was easier, definitely before was easier. But I do believe that there are some huge pluses that make marriage better after. And that's what we should probably get into. And and again, I don't want to come off as trying to pin you down to one answer or not, because it's a very complicated question in the sense that you can argue both sides. I mean, I have my earlier, and if I was to answer it, I would say after. Just because, and that's not even considering the kids part of it, that's just because in my marriage, I had a very difficult beginning part and it was hard for me to really, for us to find our rhythm together. So I know both of us recently celebrated um, very momentous anniversaries. I celebrated 15 years of being married and you were 10 years of being married. So that is something that we should both be proud of. Congrats and happy anniversary. What'd you do for your anniversary, by the way? Thank you. Um, Well, we are in quarantine so we haven't done we didn't do much but I'm kind of viewing it as our 10 year anniversary so I don't I'm not looking at it as a single day I'm kind of celebrating the entire year and I plan I have some like plans in mind of things I want to do to make this year memorable for us and kind of capture the the memories but we'll see what happens but yeah we just had a nice dinner and enjoy time together and um I I don't see it as being over I plan to celebrate a few more things that's a good way to look at the it. year is up that's a very yeah. nice way. For us, basically, we had, which was, it, 
was so nice because again, in quarantine, it's very difficult, but my husband went out of his way to get lobster and um, some kind of salmon thing with fish and stuff. And he wanted to cook all of this all by himself. I offered to help and he, I don't know how he did it, but he cooked this lobster tail and some salmon and had the roses. He went all out. It was amazing. And because our anniversary turned out to be on a Thursday, he took off the Thursday from work and the Friday was a holiday. So we had basically like a whole weekend of just celebrating. It was so beautiful the entire weekend with our family, our kids, you know, they were all partaking in it, but we had our special dinner by ourselves. But, uh, you know, I think it's important to celebrate anniversaries and just kind of like market. Um, we always look at our wedding video. And, and look back at the times, we just have a good laugh with it, our, our wedding album, that sort of thing. But uh, it is different being married without kids versus being married once you've had kids. And, and I get exactly what you're saying in terms of the moment of time of having, especially young kids, you have a very new baby. I mean, mm -hmm. it's extremely difficult when you think about it to really put your marriage as the forefront when you have a child who literally needs to be changed, fed, depends on you. So I get that point of what you were trying to say. Well, that's funny, though, because I think the reason why marriage is better after children is the same reason why it's not as good <laughs> or why some people would argue that it's better. The children make it better, but they also make it harder. True. So the fact that Very you true. share this miracle of a human being, you know, that has your DNA and that is like so, so much of who both of you are and sort of represents this continuation of, of who you are and gives you that like bond for life. It's pretty incredible, right? That, that child just like existing is what makes marriage so exciting. And you have this little human to raise, but <laughs> the drawback to that obviously is that that little human is also very demanding and requires oh, yes. a lot of attention, yes. high maintenance. Um, and that takes away, you know, where we can only manage so much, you know, our capacities do have limits. And so there comes the, the battle that we face sometimes with marriage. That's very true. Because a lot of times when you're alone, like I remember my days before I got married very fondly, even though it was difficult because I had moved to a different state. I was in a new community and I was kind of, our apartment was on, if you remember, it was on the edge of a cliff. So we were on a mountain top, oh, yeah. which was gorgeous, but I had no car and no way to really get around. And I'm a very independent person. So that was extremely difficult my first year of marriage. And finally we did move back um, to, you know, closer to my parents where it was much easier, but just that time of figuring out. And I always say that the first year is very difficult for marriage, but be, even before, like we went on our honeymoon to Malaysia, which was, I mean, spectacular. If you ever want to go somewhere, I mean, I don't know how the world is now, but <laughs> it was something that we look back on so fondly. And I know even before we had kids, we can just pick up, I mean, freedom, the word freedom comes to my mind because you had freedom of your time. You can pick up, go, we used to live in New Jersey and we'd be like, all right, you want to go to dinner for New York in the city? Let's go. We just, you know, hop in and go. Nobody to bother you. Also, you have freedom of your money. You know, kids take up a lot of money, you know, things that we can do, which was easier for us. And also space comes to mind because I mean, my house has been transformed just with baby gates and just the amount of plastic toys and wooden <laughs> toys and all kinds of things all over. So just freedom before, I really enjoyed the memory of it because I don't have that now. <laughs> I mean, we're all in one house. So that's like a fond thing to 
really think back upon. And I, and it's interesting because you sometimes, depending, I mean, when you got married, what age, what experiences you've had when you enter marriage, but overall, um, you don't really appreciate that time you have together in your initial stages. Yeah. We all know, you know, those people who want to have children, we all know that there's going to come a time when everyone tells you it's going to be harder yeah. to do things. Your time will be so precious, but you can't really like know what it's like. And yeah. so that early time of just um, like you mentioned, for me, honestly, it's like the freedom to have a conversation because that's, that's true. Like, Uninterrupted conversation. Really yeah. My husband and I could talk for hours and hours and hours. So just being able to have a conversation now is so challenging because yeah. we have, you know, everyone's asking. And then in the evenings, um, which is typically when we do get some downtime, you're tired. You want to clean up you're the place. Exhausted. You want to kick it. You're, yep. Your mental capacity is just like, I'm done. You know, I, I want to have this great conversation, but let's not, you know? Yeah. So, but those early years, I think can be different for depending on how long that span is before you have children. And also like some people take a bigger transition than others. You know, some people, they use that time to build and then the child actually like enhances as you move forward, as you have children. But one thing that I think I, I, I totally advocate, I think you should not let the fear of marriage uh, getting difficult stop you from having children by any means. I think Almost when it comes down to the question of would you still have kids in your relationship? I think everyone would say yes. Like yeah. it's so worth it. It's so enhance worth it. your relationship. In the beginning, it's just you guys together trying to keep, you know, make each other happy or, or get each other, you know, together you do stuff. But with the kids, you have this new joy and, and your joy comes from seeing your child happy or seeing the happiness, the, the excitement, just the laughter of even, I, I have a video of my son. He recently learned to clap and it was just the most, I mean, it's just a little baby clapping almost one years old, but he's just so precious. And, and the joy we shared, me and my husband, just watching this video over and over because he wasn't there. I recorded it for him. But your kids become a source of happiness for you in that way that you can both share and benefit from. And it's and it being your child, like nobody's gonna feel that same way yeah. about that child. The way like you kinda understand that person understands that connection. It's the same sort of level of love. So it's it's really um, nice to share that with a person. And, and and you know, I think it kind of comes back to what is the purpose of marriage? Like, why are you going into marriage? What's your intention? Because it's kind of built on a foundation of mutual values of like faith and friendship, but also like using that relationship to attain or contribute or do more with life. Like that's not the end. It's just a means towards becoming a better person and growing and building a family and continuing your legacy, right? So just being married forever, for some people that works, but I think having children is one step in that journey. It's not just um, about you two all the time. Like yeah. it's nice to have something else outside of you to kind of you, continue. Marriage. That's true. I recently like, heard uh, of a story. Passion projects. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I recently heard of a story in which um, a couple, they got married and about maybe four or five months into the marriage, the, they got pregnant. And then maybe a couple of weeks later, they lost the baby and they had a miscarriage. And after having the miscarriage, the woman realized that she no longer wanted kids. And, you know, mind you, they got into this relationship together and they have a big gap within their age difference. So the man was ready for kids and the girl, she was not more focused on her career. And so eventually what ended up happening is they broke up because the man had to choose this difficult decision of she no longer wants kids and I'm getting older. My timeline is, is moving further away for kids. And do I choose her or do I choose having kids? And he ultimately chose kids. And I was 
you know, in the, in reading it and, and hearing, you know, how painful it was for him, he made that decision. And I know there are some women who choose not to have kids. That's their own prerogative. That's their choice as you know, it should be. But as we move into marriage and just in general, kids are a lot of people, they tend to expect you to have kids. And I know talking about it in the beginning is important as well. Like before you get married, that phase of, you know, asking questions. And that's something that you should ultimately ask the person if you're someone who's getting engaged or, you know, talking to somebody, find out if they want to have kids now before you jump in and then realize later. Yeah. And I think for most people, like you said, they do um, go in wanting to be a parent. I think the problem sometimes lies in the timeline. So for some people, it might be two years, five years, eight Mm -hmm. years. Like it kind of just depends on um, where that person's mental space is. But also I think it is due to uh, just the horror stories people hear. You know, if you see a friend that now has had young children and you go visit them. I I have a memory before I had children visiting a friend of ours. They invited us so generously to their home um, out of town. We just called them, see how they were doing. They're like, come over for dinner. And we came over and she had her daughters literally crawling on top of her. Wow. And this was my impression as a person who was not a mom at the time. And I was just like, she's just continuing the conversation. Like she's just talking. And it was it was so distracting to me. I was like, how could she even keep track of what she's saying? Now being a mom, I totally get it. I'm like, that <laughs> yeah. is either you don't talk or you tend to your kids because you kinda adapt. You you yeah. learn to have conversations beyond the distraction. And honestly, like that's just where you're at when you have little kids. So um that could have deterred me or you know made me think like I don't want to be in that situation Mm -hmm. um and I think when people see new parents especially if it's like not an ideal situation the parents may be struggling financially or you know maybe they're having a really hard time with behavior problems or you know whatever situation it makes people get a little more scared at thinking like okay maybe this is something I want to put off and put off and that happens that happens at times but I think you and I are overall saying like you know what despite all that like marriage does get better after kids like that ultimately it does get a little reality, harder or more sorry to interrupt it, I, it does get a little bit more harder or challenging which we both admit freely that it does become harder but overall I think it does get better you're right well I think depending on what situation so the way I kind of look at my situation a lot of people who are in my case when you have like the younger kids phase or newborns is you just lower your expectations honestly for that moment of time like expect less romance expect less intimacy expect less physical upkeep like that's just the not something we should strive towards but it's more of like being realistic the reality with where you're at at that moment and that it's not going to be forever you know it's just at that moment it's kind of like going to the gym is the best analogy I could think of or or fitness in general Mm -hmm. like you have to be put through challenges and difficulty and obstacles but you're doing it for like an ultimate goal of like achieving this great fit healthy lifestyle marriage is something like that like you're going to have certain times that it's going to be harder and you're going to have to go through things that you that are unhappy and that are unpleasant but ultimately you're striving towards a long-lasting marital relationship so you're getting towards a goal of being closer more connected having a stronger relationship and more opportunities to grow as an individual i think anything worth having is is going to take some discipline or commitment through it and i think a lot of times people don't realize that you really have to work at your marriage it's not something that's going to come about and i know looking at great marriages an example would be our parents their marriage was they've been married for 30 seven plus years, maybe longer. I mean, they've been married for a while and they, I remember growing up 
specifically that they would have every Wednesday night was their night. It was like a date night. They'd hang out. And we knew that as kids looking at them. And I even asked my dad even today, I was like, do you guys still do that? They still do have that time of quality time where they sit and they, you know, do things together. So I think making time for yourself is important. What would you say that you do now that would help keep your spark alive in your marriage? Do you have any suggestions or things that would be helpful? Um, honestly, I feel like putting things into perspective help a lot because a lot of times we let our heads cause more problems for us than good. Um, but if we kind of reframe the way that we look at our situation, it can do wonders because there's so many things we're not in control of in life in general, as, as I'm hearing people say about this quarantine, like there's so many factors we can't, um, and COVID and coronavirus, all these things. There's so many things we can't control about a situation. So let's focus on like what we can control. And one thing that we all have control of is how we think about a situation, how we look at it and just like refining our lens. Um, So it reminds me, I was just thinking about this earlier, the story of Um Salama. May Allah be pleased with her. She was the wife of the Prophet And in her story, I mean, it's an incredible story. And just to give a quick excerpt, I mean, she was separated when she accepted Islam. So many things happened to her, so many trials that she went through. And one of those was that she was separated from her husband um, because they, her tribe wanted to keep her in the city of Mecca and her husband went on to Medina. And then on top of that, she was separated from her son because the tribe took claim to the son. So she's dealing with the situation of being separated from her husband and her son for an entire year. She would go and cry in the spot where they were separated every day, asking Allah, you know, for patience. And that's really tough to deal with. And she's doing it for, you know, for the Dean uh, is why they, you know, separated them. I think about stories like that. And I'm thinking like, for me personally, like I'm not facing that type of trial. I'm not being given these type of obstacles. And if we see, you know, people who are given such hardship, like honestly, like picking up my son's really messy eating banana on the floor <laughs> in the morning that can seriously like anger me, change my perspective a little and just yeah. say like, look, he's going to learn how to eat one day. Like I'm looking at the other kid. He knows how to eat clean. This kid will learn too, you know, <laughs> like it's not forever. And seriously, is it worth my stress, my anger, like ruining my relationship with my kids, my husband? It's not. It's really not. So it's more about your changing your uh, perspective and reframing that. And a lot of times you can't control what happens to you, but you can control your reaction. That's what we're in control of these days when things seem out of control a lot. Like we have the power to create our own happiness, not to discount the hardship we're going through. Very true. One one of the things we've been doing recently, which... um, has been really fun is we've been having impromptu dates. So we've tried many times to have uh, every Friday, we try to sit down and just have like a sort of date night, but it's, it's sometimes difficult. Like you said, you're exhausted or things happen throughout the week. So what I've decided to do is thankfully my husband's been able to work from home. So if he's taking a lunch break, I just go and we have like a signal because I told him I need some kind of signal that we know. So we have a candle that we light and we know this is an impromptu date. It's happening right now. Like we sit at the dining room table and our kids are at our kitchen counter and we're like, look, we're having a little meal together, even if it's 15 minutes. And it's so nice because it's the moments that we've just been stealing away for ourselves and it keeps that spark going. So we just light the candle. So we both know, okay, we're here. This is our time. And we just spend time talking to each other. And it's as simple as that. And it's really enhanced our marriage and made us, it, it's brought back a, li- a level of love because we don't, we have five kids. So it's difficult to just have that alone time. I mean, the last one we had granted three people interrupted us in 10 minutes, but you know, <laughs> we still enjoyed it because we changed our frame of mind that, okay, we're having this, it's happening. And I think that's the key. Like it, 
it, it takes effort. It's not yeah. something that is going to be as easy and simple as it was before children, you know, maintaining that marital bond. But results require work, right? Growth yeah. and, you know, it just requires a little bit more communication, a little bit more understanding. But it's definitely worth it because, like you said, um, little ways that you can include it. And I love that lunch date idea because most of us, my husband as well, is working from home. Um, so that's a good idea. We could kind of use that lunch period as a time to just escape. Um, one thing similar to that that we try, we've tried doing, which we've seen great results from, is just checking in with each other a lot more. Yeah. Because you know, honestly, sometimes you're so busy, you think that you told your spouse something or yeah. you think that they know something that they should know. And this happens to me a lot. And then I realize, like I haven't actually verbalized that to my husband. And so that's why he's kind of lost. Like, did I miss a step in this, in this <laughs> yeah. conversation? So just checking in with each other, reminding each other, like, okay, this is what's happening. This is what's going coming up. Um, did I mention this to you? It goes a long way, that communication. Yeah, that's key in any time. I mean, we know we all know the divorce rate is so high. And I've read an article recently where they said that it's even getting much higher now that people have been quarantined, which is it's it's not surprising because people are in a confined space. They're getting on each other's nerves. So it's uh, something that we want to work towards as Muslims to be in a space where you are in a long lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationship where you feel that it's something that is bringing you blessings and barakah and, and helping you to become better as a person. I think that's what marriage is ultimately about being together and uniting each other for this common cause. And when you have kids, it just makes it that much more sweeter, even though it might be difficult. And, and that's why the stress relief is key um, with the passion projects that we mentioned in the past podcasts about um, if you haven't checked that one out, check it out because it really opens your mind to you. You kind of need that so that when you come to the other person or you come to your children, you're at a good place um, and you're, you're able to, because our time, our money, our energy, those are limited resources. Yep. And the energy one, you know, for marriage to work, um, you're going to need to reserve some of that for your spouse. So definitely it takes uh, a lot of pre-planning and effort on our, on that. Do you have any suggestions for what's next? For what's next? Um, I would suggest um, one thing that I recently learned about is it's called like putting your spouse first. So basically, it's the idea of whenever your children are coming and trying to interrupt you, um, this is something you could try at home, just kind of making it a priority between your spouse and yourself that you always prioritize the other person. So if your children are trying to get all your attention, but then your spouse comes in the room and they have something important to tell you, teach your children that the spouses, the spousal relationship comes first, mm -hmm. like that is very important. And that spouse comes first concept could translate to many different scenarios and situations, but it's just like emphasizing that mm -hmm. spouse comes first because that bond is what's going to lay the foundation for the entire family unit. So spouse comes that's first. Very, that's, that's a key one. I'm going to try to emphasize and work on that this week. Um, I would also suggest a book by uh, Gary Chapman. It's called The Five Love Languages. It's a very insightful book. They have a quiz that you can do online together. They also have an apology language, which recently I took, which was interesting. It tells you how, you, how an apology will be received. The Five Love Languages is a book that it tells you about how you receive love. And sometimes we give love in, in terms of the way we want to receive it and the other person is not receiving it. It's like speaking two different languages. If I speak Chinese and my husband speaks German and we're giving, we're talking to each other, nothing is being communicated. So it's a very useful book. And then also, um, uh, Sheikh Yasser Qadi, he did a excellent lecture uh, series on it. There's two, I believe two different videos on YouTube about it where he goes into detail of taking these five love languages and giving 
prophetic examples as stories as that the Prophet had did during his time. So it's, it's very useful and it will help you to kind of understand your spouse a little bit better. I definitely um, would advocate for everyone to read The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. It is a fantastic book and it has helped me personally a lot. Not so much with um, understanding my spouse, but more of like understanding why I feel a certain way because I'm used to a certain love language that I'm not receiving. So it allows me to, again, kind of like get where that negative energy is coming from and trying to communicate that as well. So highly recommend that book as well. And I can't wait to check out that Yes or Fadi lecture. I've never gotten a chance to listen to it. So thanks for sharing. All right. So I guess that wraps it up for this week. And inshallah, we look forward to talking to you guys next time. Assalamu alaikum.